in about the last two years, I think I had, you know, admitted, hey, I need help. I don't know what to do. I can't leave my job. I have an apartment. I have a vehicle. I don't. I can't just leave everything. But I think the decision for me was when I spent more time not wanting to live than I actually spent wanting to live the, the day. That was the ultimate decision that made me come here. Hi, and welcome. It's another episode of Casting Light, stories of recovery and hope. True stories of recovery and hope that happen right here inside Guiding Light. Guiding Light is in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's where we are recording this episode, episode number 39. And my name is Phil Tower. It's really been a true honor and pleasure to be with you in every one of these episodes of Casting Light. We want to also thank the generous and anonymous donor. Thank you for making this episode possible. Your donations make the recovery program here possible at Guiding Light, and most importantly, make all of the outreach here happen. The men who go through the recovery, who experience a road and a path to self-sufficiency and dignity, they pay nothing for that. And it's all because of you, our donors, and current and future donors. If you'd like to make a gift today, if we've inspired you to do that, at any point in this episode, you can go to guidinglightworks.org, guidinglightworks.org, and make a secure donation. It only takes a couple of seconds. And it's my pleasure to welcome our guest in this episode. Pat is a former Guiding Light recovery client and also a talent placement specialist with the job post. In fact, if you listen to our previous episode, number 38, with April Harrell, she talks all about the job post, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But, Pat, thank you so much for being here. Uh, You've probably seen us recording these episodes before because I know you wander the halls of Guiding Light, and now you're on the hot seat. You ready for this? Yes, sir. Okay. You prepped. You've done all your uh, training, and, and you're ready for my questions, right? I signed the consent. Yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Good. I appreciate that. So you went through recovery first 10 years ago here at Guiding Light, and you were sober for a number of years? No. Okay. I was sober for approximately a year and a half at that time. Okay. Yep. And then you drank again? Again and again for about go. eight years straight, yeah. Wow. Yep. And you came back to Guiding Light last year in 2021? Yes, sir. So you went through the recovery program again. I don't want to dwell too much on your past because you're here. You look great. You're doing great. You're sober several months now, right? Yep. Just over six months. Okay. So you went through the recovery program. You got out. You were sober for a period and then started drinking again. Um eight years, what was that like? It was a lot of me thinking I could do things differently. Um, I guess in my whole life, my whole adult life, I never really had attempted a real, truthful, honest, and open, life-changing decision to become sober. I always thought that I could kind of manage it. And, uh, you know, I guess after being here 10 years ago for ultimately what was... uh, 14 months in this building and then uh, going to the Iron House uh, for a short period of time, I thought I had it. I thought uh, I could do things um, 
differently. I made the decision. I didn't really have um, a lot of uh, the support that we get now through the program. It was kind of in a interesting phase of development back then to where things were just coming towards the recovery side of it. It was a spiritually based program, which was good in and of itself. But I think the part of it that I was missing was the community of support that I have this time around. Yeah. And, uh, you know, once that fell, I just had myself and, uh, and my own idea of how I thought I could solve my substance abuse issues on my own. And that didn't work. For eight years, I struggled, to say the least. Mm -hmm. I managed to maintain employment somehow. Um, I, I, uh, you know, had my own place. I was living right near work. I didn't have transportation because of a uh, loss of license, but, uh, yeah, I had a lot of struggles that, um, I, I dealt with personally. A lot of, a lot of my close friends, including employers and even family, a lot of my family didn't know how bad things had gotten mm -hmm. along those eight years. You know, you said something I've heard from so many of the men I've had, the honor of hearing their stories on this podcast, which is, hey, I can manage this thing. It's a very common thing. So I, I want to give you credit for acknowledging what a lot of other guys had, and you've probably known that. I mean, you think you can manage your life and you can have that addiction on the side. And like you said, you were so adept at it, even your friends and your employers weren't really that aware. That surprise you as you look back on it now? Yeah, and and I think they kind of knew things were not good. But, I mean, you know, for me this time around, I guess the the depth of the, the grief and the shame and the guilt and all of that, you know, that was the side of it that I don't think a lot of the people that were close to me knew, you know. But you were hiding it. Yeah, I think I was doing it fairly well, although I think if I was to go back and ask some of these people I'm talking about, um, it would be interesting to see what their side of the story would be. Yeah. So you came back to Guiding Light, and you have to be accepted into the program, yep. uh, which is a humbling thing in its own right. And this is uh, roughly six months ago, so this is, I'm going to guess, around October, November? September. Last year. Yep. September? Mm -hmm. Okay. What was that like, going back through and second time going through the acceptance process uh well it was it was very different um it was very different than what it was 10 years ago um in almost every way and for me to come back here you know in the 14 months that i was here prior i'd seen a lot of people leave and i'd seen a lot of people come back i'd seen a lot of people come back that were here prior to me coming in these doors and it was never easy for them. And I knew for me, I was going to experience the same thing that a lot of others did that I watched. And um, I guess it's kind of the same feeling of, of uh, probably anybody that experiences a relapse after a certain time of sobriety. And it's a lot of guilt. You know, I can't say that nobody, I can't say that anybody here didn't welcome me with open arms. I knew mm -hmm. some people from years ago and being in touch with some people that have been surrounded the in the guiding light program so it wasn't like i was coming in and meeting strangers it was the whole you know here i am i'm admitting i can't do this on my yeah. own again but that's a good thing too because yeah. it got you sober again 
was there a point that drove you to wake up one day and say, okay, I got to go back to Guiding Light? Yeah. And that being said, I mean, I had made half attempts, I guess. I could best describe them at uh, reaching out to certain individuals here. And about the last two years, I think I had, you know, admitted, hey, I need help. I don't know what to do. I can't leave my job. I have an apartment. I have a vehicle. I don't. I can't just leave everything. But I think the decision for me was when I spent more time not wanting to live than I actually spent wanting to live the, the day. That was the ultimate decision that yeah. made me come here. You know, I I finally decided that you know anything that I have outside of my sobriety isn't going to be worth anything because it'll be lost eventually, anyways. Yeah. That's pretty good wisdom for you to realize. And a lot of men don't realize that, and they just keep on drinking. They keep on going. A lot of people do. And I am going to be rooting for you every step of the way. I know this is not an easy journey. And I'm glad you are here. I think the other thing that is so important for people to understand is that there are men who do go through the recovery program here twice, and uh, they are accepted. That camaraderie that you talked about, that wasn't there the first time around. Now you've experienced that. And, you know, you've been here roughly six months, Pat. Did you notice something was different from the first time around? Was it a few days in, a few weeks in? How did that go? Um. I did. Uh, there wasn't a lot of people here when I first came through these doors. Um, I think some of it had to do with COVID-related reasons. Mm-hmm. But even the ten or twelve people that were here, it was a more it was more of a close knit family, and it was centered around recovery. That was the big that was the big difference. Not only was was it the camaraderie and the people that were here, it was centered around recovery this time around, and that was something that I really liked and I continued to like. And do you have a favorite part of that recovery routine that you've really come to appreciate? Uh, I guess the favorite part for me would be, well, I have multiple favorite parts, I guess. Um, the exercise okay. part of it is something that I always look forward to. And uh, also um, going to the meetings. I mean, that wasn't something that was even offered 10 years ago, believe it or not. I mean, it was that, yeah. it was that big of a difference. The AA meetings. The AA meetings, about. yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I've spoken to men on this podcast who've gone for 25 straight years, and they talk about how important that is. Sure. Yeah. And that's been a key thing for you as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And to hear from the other men, um, that's also a big part of this. By the way, we're speaking with Pat. He is a former Guiding Light Recovery client going through the program now for a second time. He's also a talent placement specialist at the job post. So when did that happen? And talk about how you got involved with the job post. Well, this time around, I let me back up a little bit on that first. So sure. when I came in here, I kind of thought that I had things still figured out. That's just <laughs> one of my character defects. I thought I would just go through the program, yeah, you know, take advantage of everything that was thrown my way, but I had kind of worked it out with my employer to where I was most likely going to go back working, you know, after things had kind of 
you know, gotten to an end here, I was going to go back. Well, it was somewhere right around Christmas time that, uh, which is, you know, about four months ago now that I was approached and, and the position was offered and I, and I got to be honest, I, it didn't sound like something that I would like to do. However, I felt really grateful that they even considered asking me. Sure. So I offered to do some job shadowing through my current bosses now, and the job itself was a lot more interesting than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And I really like the side of the job where I am now in a position to help people that are in need. And yeah, that part of the job was the best part for me. Um, I thought, you know, going into it, this is a staffing agency. Uh, what are the long-term goals of this? Uh, you know, is it really a need? Is this just something that they're trying to offer to help me? But I think it's quite the opposite. I think it's a job that has great potential. And I think, you know, the aspect of helping others is something that I've never had an opportunity to do before, at least not with the employment side of it. And yeah. I, and I really, I really like that part of the job. The job post is, uh, I kind of like to characterize it as a staffing agency, a placement agency with a heart and a lot of grace. Sure. Huge side of that. And you see that as a talent placement specialist. You see that with the people you work with. Um, As April from the job post said in a previous episode, and these people would, uh, they've done some messy in their lives. You know, they've served time. They are the kind of people that not a lot of employers want to have on their team, which is really unfortunate because they end up being some of the most valuable team members they'll ever have. Sure. Yeah. And you probably know that. Um, and, and you see that, I mean, I'm so glad to hear you didn't, you know, you, you were honest about this, Pat. You said, I wasn't sure I was going to want the job, but yeah, it kind of yeah. grew on you. Didn't it has. It? I've only been there for just over two months now. And, um, I guess my biggest downfall is I just want to help everybody. And unfortunately, <laughs> I keep being told, you know, this isn't something that we can do for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning along the way, but um, that's definitely by far the biggest part of the job that I, I like. Every day I have an opportunity to help others that want to help themselves now. So how do you hear from these people? They they just reach out to the job post, and then you get assigned to help them find a job? Is that how it works? Yes, sir. So because of COVID-related restrictions, uh, we were unable to have walk-ins for quite some time. I think I heard somewhere around a year. I could be wrong on that. But uh, since I've started in the position I'm currently in, we have reopened the doors for walk-ins. So outside of our location here at 255 Division, we have a sign. And from word of mouth and just people walking by, we have uh, quite a number of people that just walk in now. Outside of that, we do have the online application process, and that gets submitted through the phone or, or tablet or computer, and then we then reach out to them via the phone and, and do somewhat of a phone interview, then invite them in our doors to do an in-person interview. Yeah, that's got to be nice to see people again. It is, yeah. I can't imagine how it was done without any face-to-face contact and what the risks involved with that would have been like. And do you get much communication from them? Once they've been placed, do you continue to hear from them? I personally don't. Um, we have another new position in the job post itself, too, as a retention specialist. I happen to share an office with a coworker of mine who is that, who fills that position. Mm-hmm. And so I do hear a lot about what's going on. And that's, a, that's another good side of the job, too, is not only do we place them, I do, you know, 
by way of listening to him and his communications, I do I do hear how people are doing, whether it's good or bad, both. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, are surprised to realize that the job post was founded as an idea here at Guiding Light, which is a really cool thing, made sure. possible because of the generous donors who keep this place going and give you that chance at recovery again. I am, Pat, I am so hopeful for your journey. Um, as I look at you across the table from me, you look like a man with confidence and with hope for the future. So I hope that continues to power you forward. I mean, it's it, you can have this tendency to dwell in the past and think about it. But you got to look forward, right? I mean, do sure. you tell it? Do you tell yourself that? Yeah, and that's something that I've always struggled with. Uh, you know, I I can't just forget the past because if I do, I'll I'll probably repeat it, yeah. and I shouldn't even say probably. I will repeat it. So mm -hmm. I struggle with what to hold on to and how to how to relate to it. You know, my brain will tell me that things weren't as bad as they were real quick. As soon as things <laughs> start getting better, yeah. I'll forget how bad things were. So yeah. it's a it's kind of a difficult thing to to figure out what to hold on to and how to remember, you know, not only the not only how bad it was, but exactly how quick it can get that bad again. And tell that part of your brain to cease communication. This is uh, you moving forward and and making the best you can out of life. And congratulations uh, on your role as a talent placement specialist with the job post because you are making a difference. Uh, for those people that you are helping find work, and that is going to pay dividends down the road in a way you don't even know. Um, most importantly, as you look at your roughly five months here at Guiding Light, this has been a free experience for you, thanks to the generous donors who support Guiding Light. If those donors are happening to listen to one of this episodes, maybe this episode, what would you say to them? I would say thank you for even considering donating to a program like this. Um, I'm not sure if they're aware of how many people they help. Currently, right now, the program is almost completely full, and every single day we are offered opportunities that I don't even think money could buy. So because of the donors, we're able to experience a lot of things that I don't think any other program in the state, maybe not even the nation, could provide. Yeah. You said that perfectly. Very, very well. Pat, you've done a fantastic job sharing your story. I really am grateful for you doing that. Thanks, Mr. Powers. I appreciate that so much. Most importantly, it is going to hopefully inspire those who are listening to us to become donors of Guiding Light. It might inspire someone else to pick up the phone and call and get information about recovery and get on the road to sobriety uh, with all those components here, AA meetings, the structure, the weightlifting, just everything that goes into that successful journey. That path, as we said in the beginning of this episode, that allows Pat and so many of the men here to have a life, a new path to self-sufficiency and dignity. That happens because of you. I cannot stress enough how important you, our donor and donors who 
listen to this podcast, or maybe some of you who are not yet donors, it makes such a difference. And we encourage you to make a one-time gift, to make a recurring gift. Whatever way it works for you, it is going to pay dividends in the long run in ways you cannot even imagine. You can go to guidinglightworks.org to make a secure donation. Guidinglightworks.org. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please check out our other episodes of Casting Light. Share this with a friend, subscribe, and maybe even leave a review. We would truly appreciate it. It'll allow us to grow this podcast ministry and share more stories of recovery and hope. And I got to tell you, as the person who gets to talk with these men, it is such an honor and pleasure. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. And for Guiding Light and this episode of Casting Light, I'm Phil Tower. Thank you for listening.